before I talk to you for a few minutes on our subject this morning, we are launching life groups. And so this morning's going to be a little bit different than it normally is. In fact, I'm going to, miracles are happening at McCord Road Christian Church. I'm going to preach shorter than usual today. Not very nice people. But after I preach, your children are still going to be in kids' ministry. And so I encourage you, don't go get your children. In the gymnasium, there's, there are tables set up with all of our life groups, representing all 30 of them. And so we want you to just go browse through them. Check out what life group might work for you. Christy and I are involved in that. We're excited about life groups launching. I encourage you. Get involved in something. And if you say right now, I don't think I want to be involved in a life group. Well, let's see if you, if you have the same opinion when I'm done preaching this morning. Or if you're open to letting the Holy Spirit speak to you. <laughs> you see how I did that? That was pretty good right there, right? We are excited about what God's doing here in the Heroes series. And in fact, yesterday, my, I'm happy to tell you that my dad and Darlene, his wife, are here visiting with us this morning. Bobby and Darlene Sutton. And can we say hello? Amen. And yesterday we got to watch our sport team, LSU Tigers. Yeah, go Tigers. D-E-A-U-X Tigers. Um, so we got to watch them pull it out at the last minute there. And, um, and at halftime, I thought Ohio was going to need a hero. But when I woke up this morning, I found out they did okay. Wolverines did great. Uh, everybody did good, and we're praying for Toledo. Yeah. <clears throat> but they did great. I, I, I didn't think they were going to do as well as they Anyway, I'm digging myself a hole right now. I'm going to move on into the word of the Lord. So... We are, we are talking about heroes, and we're talking about the fact that changed people change worlds. And last week, we, we recognized Jesus as the ultimate superhero. And, and we said that he's the ultimate superhero because not only does he rescue us from danger, but then he changes us and allows us to be heroes. We're trying to wake up the hero in each and every one of us. And, in, and this week, we're going to talk about the fact that because of Christ, we are heroes. And what does that mean? What does it mean to step into this heroic role that God has placed before us? And if you're a note taker in your service guide, there's an opportunity to take some notes. And I encourage you to do so. I believe that it will bless you. But our text today is this, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse number 17. The scripture says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things have become or are become new. Now, last week I told you that whenever it says new creature, it's actually referring that the, the original language is referring to the fact that it's original in creation again. That means the thing that was no longer is, and it's entirely brand new. What, what he's saying is that you are born into sin and shapen in iniquity, according to David in Psalms. And he, he's saying that that's how I came into the world. But when we are born again in Christ Jesus in salvation, what happens is that old man dies and we are reborn. It's not that we are again a new version of ourselves; It's that we're a whole new self. It's that everything else has passed away and everything within us has become new. We still look like us, but everything that truly makes us us has been regenerated or recreated by God. 
It's the miracle of salvation. It's Peter Parker before the spider bite where he's just a normal teen, but then over here, he's been bitten by the radioactive spider, and instead of dying, he gets special superpowers. And now he can fling things and web stuff and spin around and hop and stick on walls and other such things. And I know I'm doing a marvelous disservice to him right now. And all our superheroes, I've had a lot of information sent to me about superheroes in the last week, more than I ever cared to know. But it's amazing, keep sending it, I'll delete it as quickly as you send it, it's great. The, um, <laughs> and, so, and so here he is, he, 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 that's before, but after, after, externally he still looks the same, but we all know he's changed. He's changed, he can do this and webs spring out and, and he can fly around, he can do, no, not fly, swing around, he can do all kinds of different stuff and, 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 and it's amazing to see what happens to Peter Parker because he's been entirely changed. And that's what's happened to you in your life. Jesus has changed your life. You're new in original creation. And our big idea today, if you're taking notes, here's here's our first note. The big idea today is this. Your difference makes the difference. A, A hero is someone who responds differently to a situation. They they don't run away from the fight, but they engage in the fight. Here recently we celebrated 9-11 where we watched firefighters and police officers run into buildings even as the majority of people were running out of those buildings they were running into those buildings and many of them gave their lives on 9-11 in service of their fellow citizens trying to help them get to safety we we watched them do something unique it was different and it saved lives we, we see officers run toward shots. We see our military personnel stand in the gap for people. As, as people are fleeing their own countries, our military will often go into those same countries to try to bring a, a, a concept of peace and stability. Your difference makes the difference. When we start talking about Jesus Christ, we see that, that we're talking about one who, who in love submitted himself to the, to the world. In love, he came born of a woman. In all authority, he could have dominated the world. He could have said, absolutely, here I am. You're going to do this. You're going to do that. This is what it's going to be in your life. But he didn't. He submitted himself to the world. He revealed his power through love. Love placed him in the womb of Mary. Love allowed him to walk the streets of Jerusalem, despised by many, abused by some. But power brought him to the place where he defeated sin. He defeated death and he defeated the grave. There was humility. But his difference made the difference. He wasn't like anyone else. And his difference made the difference. And God created you unique. He created me unique. We are unique in him. And the fact is you are different on purpose. It's not by accident that you are who you are, that you can do the things you can do, that you think the way you think. It's not by accident that you have the gifts and skills and talents that God has placed in you. He was very purposeful in that. And I have three thoughts for us today. And thought number one is this, you are a difference maker. You're a difference maker in life. Your presence by itself makes a difference in the world. 
One thing that's interesting about the villains and all of these superhero shows and movies is, and, and books is, is that the villain is bent on theft and destruction and, and all of these negative things until the hero shows up. And when the hero shows up, all of a sudden, all the attention is focused on the hero. The Green Goblin is wreaking havoc until Spider-Man arrives. And all of a sudden, Spider-Man's on the, on the scene, and now the attention is on Spider-Man. Not so much on the destruction and the theft and all the other things that go on there. The scripture isn't too far off of that whenever it starts talking about how Jesus operated on earth. The Bible says in Luke chapter number 4, verses 33 and 34, it says, Once when he was in the synagogue, a man possessed by a demon, an evil spirit, began shouting at Jesus, Go away! Why are you interfering with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Jesus wasn't there to confront this demon. The demon was sitting in church, perfectly peaceful. Don't look around right now. (laughs) The The demon didn't seem to have a problem sitting in the synagogue. He was, he was just sitting there minding his own business, and Jesus got up to talk. And as soon as Jesus revealed himself, the demon's attention went from whatever it was on to Jesus. And suddenly he begins acting up and acting out. Just like what happens when the Green Goblin sees Spider-Man. He begins acting up and acting out. And it distracts him from whatever it was that he was doing. The presence of Jesus made the difference. Just his simple presence changed this moment from being one where the demon would sit there unannounced and uninvolved to suddenly speaking out and making himself known. Have you ever wondered why trouble sometimes finds you? (laughs) Don't look at trouble right now. Before, Before Jesus, the demon just blended in. But after Jesus was sitting there, all of a sudden, the demon started speaking up. Couldn't stay quiet anymore. Started having to deal with stuff. Why does trouble find you in your life? The new you stands out where the old you just blended in. Insanity reacts to sanity. Anxiety reacts to calm. Why are you so calm? Not everybody can stand here and do this in front of you. It takes a special talent. But, but you, you, you know what I'm talking about where you're sitting there and, and you're at peace, but somebody's starting getting angry at you because you're at peace. It's just because they're not at peace. Jesus wasn't demon hunting. He didn't have a spear gun and all that stuff. He he was just going about his business. But the demon responded to his presence. And Jesus said, "I, I can take care of you. Anxiety reacts to calm. Unholiness reacts to holiness. Sometimes as a Christian, you'll be walking in life and and suddenly somebody will start having a problem with you, not because you're doing anything at all to them, just because holiness, unholiness rather, responds to holiness. Somebody might say, are you judging me? You haven't judged them at all, but are you judging me? Because they're looking at holiness 
and they're seeing or living unholiness and it seems to cause a problem. The reality is your difference is making a difference. And that's what Christ called you to do. Thought number two is this. You are the difference needed in this world. You see, God doesn't create junk. I, I may be alone in this, but I struggle with the reluctant superhero. I struggle with the, the superhero who has all the power, all the, the abilities, and doesn't want to use them. That's why me and Spider-Man aren't tight. I struggle with that. And I struggle with it because if you spend that much time wishing you weren't Spider-Man, you could have a lot more fun being Spider-Man. You, you, you could do more, but you're over there wishing you weren't. I don't know if I'd wear a mask. I'd, I'd be like, yes, I'm standing right here. And criminal, you're in trouble right now. I'm going to throw webs things at you and stick you to stuff. And you're going to have a problem. You're having a bad day. I'm encouraging us today. Embrace what God has made you. Embrace it. In, in fact, enjoy it. I recently said to our junior high students as we were praying for them going back to school. I, I said, don't try to be other people's cool. Be the cool that you are. Be whatever God has created you. And, and, and live within it. Enjoy it. Don't be ashamed of it. Don't back off from it. It, Allow God to use you as he has created you. Because trying to be like others, it minimizes the value of how God created you. When you start trying to be like everybody else, it minimizes what God has created you. I I had the privilege a number of years ago out in California to, to drive a Ferrari Testarossa. That should impress you. It, it, can, it can go from zero to 100 miles an hour in three seconds. Top speed of 180 miles per hour if it has the governor. That was impressive. I saw it. We pulled up into the parking lot and a guy that, at the church that we were at at the time uh, drove this car. And, and, and I'd seen it many times. But one day as I'm pulling out of the parking lot, I, I, well, we're coming out of church. I see him and he's standing there by the car. And I looked at him and I said, man, this is a beautiful car. He said, oh, thank you so much. And I said, he, he said, would you like to drive it? I said, yes. He said, well, I know you, gotta get your, you have a wife and, and a small child and she's pregnant uh, in the church. And I said, they can wait. <laughs> they, they're safe in the church, I know. Security people are there. They're good. Uh, they can wait. <laughs> Not my finest hour. But, <laughs> but there's a Ferrari sitting in front of me and that doesn't happen every day. And so uh, newly married people just don't do that, okay? So... So we get into the Ferrari, and I crank it up, and it goes, and I'm like, yes. I'm not even a car guy, y'all. I'm cool in a minivan. I have no problems with that. Now, I do drive a truck today, so yes, but not even a car guy. I get in there, and, and, and we pull out of the parking lot, and I am so careful. I'm so careful. And, and he says, all right, you, you know, go down this road. So, so I start going down this road, and... And, I, and I, I purposely go really slow so people can get really far ahead of me. 
on the, on the road. And then finally, I just go, Whoo! and the car goes, Whoo! but we don't go anywhere. And I'm like, and we still don't go anywhere. And I said, uh, is there a switch I'm supposed to flip or something? I'm looking for some power here. I didn't say the power part. I just said, is there something I'm supposed to? And, and, and he said, he said, uh, no, no, no. Just, you know, take it around, drive it however you want and take it around and we'll go back to the parking lot. I was like, no, uh, is there something I'm missing? It sounds like, but I keep hitting that gas pedal and, and, you know, we're not doing a whole lot. In fact, we were driving a Chevy Cavalier at the time from the late 80s, early 90s with a six-cylinder in it. And it had more power, it seemed, than this Ferrari that I was driving. And so I was a slightly tad confused. And so I'm going, and so finally he said, oh, no. This is a kit car. This is a Fiero with a Ferrari body. It's the best of both worlds. I get great gas mileage with my four-cylinder, and I'm driving in this incredible sports car. And I was sick to my stomach. Because I wasn't driving a Ferrari, I was driving a fake Ferrari, and I was driving a Fiero, and I never wanted to drive a Fiero. That is false advertising. He said, I get great gas mileage, and I was thinking, I don't care. How fast can I get back to the church and get back in my powerful, powerful Chevy Cavalier? That's just wrong, y'all. Here's the fact. It looks awesome, but it becomes silly and disappointing versus proud of what it really is. And if you're driving a kick car today, I'm not trying to be disparaging to you. It's just wrong. It just disappointed me. I was looking for power and it wasn't there. Here's the fact of the matter is, the fact of the matter is that God has put anointing and power in your life. And when you're trying to be like someone else, you are living underneath your potential. You can be powerful in Christ Jesus. Don't sit back. And one of the reasons why I like Captain America or the Black Panther is that they're both comfortable and confident in who they are. They don't try to act like they're not who they are. They're they're solid in who they are. And they use that that confidence to change the world. God has created you to change the world. In fact, in every situation, it's the hero's difference that the world needs. 
You're, you're trying to match up with everybody else. You're trying to be like everybody else. But God hasn't put a four-cylinder in you. He's put a 12-cylinder engine in you called the Holy Spirit. And he is allowing you to make a difference in the world that you're in. It's not just fake. It's not just window dressing. It's reality that God has put it. Now, you can choose to drive the Ferrari life that you have like a Fiero if you want to. But that's not what he's called you to do. He's called you to make a difference in the world. In every situation, the hero's difference is exactly what the world needed. Superman's strength is what was needed. Spider-Man's spidey senses is what the world needed. God's gift in your life is what the world needs. It needs the compassion that can only come through the Holy Spirit. It needs the authority and the miraculous power of God that can only come with a connection with Christ Jesus. It needs those gifts of administration that can only come through the power of God. Helping and hospitality that can only, that are just so unique whenever they're matched with the Holy Spirit working in your life. I'm asking us as a, as a church, let's release the power of God in our lives and allow him to use us for his glory and for his honor and for his greatness in the world that we live in. Praise God. Praise God. Thought number three this morning is this. You act heroic by allowing your difference to make a difference. The could-be hero is just a spectator until they engage what God has given them. If Superman stands in the crowd going, my goodness, it looks like, is it Lois Lane? That's the, that's the girl that he saves repeatedly? She needs to toughen up a little bit, I think. She gets saved a lot. I'm sorry. Uh, please forgive me. I will get emails about that statement. The rest of it is like, yeah, it's okay. Let me tell you what I think about your Lois Lane statement. I'll get that one. But if Superman just stood there in the crowd watching her dangle from the helicopter, it's not making the difference he was created for. He's not doing what he could do. The hero is just a spectator until they engage. The world needs you and I to engage. Engage at school, engage at work, in the community of faith, in life groups. In a few moments, we're going to dismiss from, from this service into, into our gymnasium. And, and I'm going to ask you not to go get your kids. If you have kids in, in kids ministry right now, don't go get them. They're, they have a full program going on. They are, not, they, they are engaged. They are happy. They are excited. They are safe. And so I'm going to ask you in a few minutes. We're going to, just, uh, we're going to pray. Then we're going to stand up. Music's going to play. We're going to be at the front. If you need prayer for anything, we're not going to skip prayer this morning. But if you need, uh, if you need prayer, come forward. But if you don't need prayer, and you're, then I'm going to ask you to file into the gym and start looking at all the life groups. We have 30 life groups that are available for you to connect with the people of God. And you might be saying, well, well wait a minute. I, I, I'm not interested in being part of a life group. I'm asking you to just go check it out because the world needs you engaged. A Superman that is standing in the crowd watching a Lois Lane in trouble doesn't help anybody, but an engaged Superman helps the world itself. You as a man or a woman of God, it is you engaged in the community of Christ that makes an incredible difference. And you might be shocked at how many people you can be a blessing to. In fact, Christy and I, it's, it's not that we have nothing to do in life. 
We're, we're fairly busy. Y'all keep us very busy. I promise. That wasn't a joke. <laughs> but, but, here, but here we are. We're, we're busy, but we lead a life group. We lead a, the next generation life group. And we learn stuff. It's not just because we're going to uh, teach everybody all the wisdom that we have. We, we learn stuff. In fact, in the last, uh, in the last group we lead, led, we, we, dis- we discovered what the term being ghosted meant. Somebody said, uh, you know, my friend's being ghosted and we need to pray for them. And I went, well, I know how to handle a ghost. We'll go pray for that. They said, oh, no, this person's still alive. <laughs> I know most of you have no idea what I'm talking about right now, do you? Being ghosted. It apparently means that you engage with somebody intentionally. You text them, you call them, you show a lot of interest in them. And then whenever they start returning that interest, you just stop. And you act like you don't exist anymore. I'm sorry. I know I've lost a lot of you and I I really apologize for that. Some of you are like, finally, somebody gets it. But only because I was in a life group. Christy and I, it's not that we have nothing else to do with our lives. It's not that we have all the time in the world. The the fact of the matter is we love being engaged with the fabric of our community. And we love being engaged with the next generation of people that are coming up in this church, our college and our career, young career people. It's it's such an honor and a blessing to us. We're learning from them. And hopefully they're learning from us. And in the last few minutes of this service, it's going to be for the opportunity for you to check out all the different groups that are out there that you could, that you could connect with. And they may bless you more than you realize. But you might be somebody that says, you know what, I, I, don't, I don't really want to be a part of that. I don't really want to be a part of that. The heroic action is to step in when you want to step away. The, the heroic thing to do is to say, let me jump in whenever you really just want to Walk away from it. Wash your hands of it altogether. You might say, well, I don't need a group in my life. But I would ask you, what if a group needs you? What, what if they need you in their life? Do you have what it takes to care about that? You might say, well, I don't know anyone. Well, I would promise you that no one starts out knowing everyone. None of us knew anyone when we first entered in this world. We didn't even know our mama. At some point she went, hey, I'm your mama. And at some point we said, oh, that's my mama. None of us know everyone to begin with. And thirdly, you might say, well, I don't think I agree with everyone on everything. Let me help you with that. You can't make a difference in something that's just like yourself. And it can't make a difference in you. Your difference makes the difference. Do I have your attention now? (laughs) Your difference makes the difference. Proverbs 27, 17 says, As iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. And all, many, many, for a long time in my life, I I, I thought that that meant this. We agree. We're going in the same direction. There's no, no differing of opinions here. And we're all just getting along. And maybe we are, but we're all just really dull. Sharpening only happens... When they're going different directions. 
but yet both are pliable enough to say, maybe I don't have it all right there. Maybe, maybe I'm just, maybe I got a little wrong in that moment. Maybe that aspect of things, maybe I need to rethink that. It doesn't mean we have to agree on everything. It does mean that we have to have the humility to listen to somebody that doesn't agree with us. And eventually, we'll find ourselves sharper in life and in the kingdom of God. So I'm going to ask you, I'm going to ask you to take a few moments. We're going to pray. We're going to stand. Those that are manning the tables in, that, in the gym are going to, uh, going to be dismissed. And then I'm going to ask you if you need prayer to come forward. But I'm going to ask you to go to the gym. Make your way around those tables. Discover, is there a group in that gymnasium that can benefit from you? Is there a group in that gymnasium from whom you can benefit? Can you allow iron to sharpen iron? We have, we have groups in there for men. We have groups in there for women. We have groups that meet early. We have groups that meet late. We have groups that meet on weekends and, and the weekdays. We have groups for seniors. We have groups for young people. We've even got a basketball group in there. If you like to play basketball, there's a group in there of guys, of people, men, women, doesn't matter, that if you like to play basketball, there's a group that can, that's going to be playing, playing basketball in the gym. And they're going to talk about Jesus for a minute. They're going to uh, pray together. And then they're going to play ball. And it's going to be awesome. All kinds of different groups. I encourage you, take a minute, walk through there, find a group that you can connect with, and then allow God to use your gifts to bless. Let your difference make the difference. Let's pray.